0: Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us your word. We thank you for your Son who has fulfilled all righteousness for us. We pray that you would grant us faith in your Son to receive his righteousness that he won for us in his life and in his death. We pray that you would sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen your fellow redeemed. In our text this morning, Jesus says this, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. First, who are these scribes and Pharisees? We hear about them all throughout Jesus' ministry on earth. We know a lot about them, I think. One of my favorite accounts with the scribes and Pharisees that Jesus has is in Luke 15 where he's really teaching them and rebuking them with their false theology, if you will. You see, these were God's people and they were the religious leaders of God's people, leading his people astray with false theology. And in Luke 15, God tells, Jesus tells the parable. The lost sheep, the lost coin, and then even the prodigal son. And then Jesus tells them, as he leaves the 99 sheep, what does he call those sheep? The 99 righteous, who need no doctor, who are without sin. These scribes and Pharisees thought they had earned God favor with all the good things that they had done. You can even see it. And the older brother's response in the prodigal son when the brother came back. I've done all these things for you. They had this constant thinking that they were earning God's favor. Earning his, their own righteousness. They even had their own laws. They were very righteous. At least on the outside. This brings me to my second question. What is Righteousness. It's important for us to answer that question because Jesus says, if your righteousness does not
1: exceed the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven.
0: To be righteous means to do what is right and holy and good. And righteousness is measured by how it conforms to God's norm, God's law. Therefore, God determines what is righteous. We read in the Ten Commandments this morning, from Exodus 20. This is God's righteousness. This is how it's measured. How one closely follows these prescribed commandments. Jesus also said, righteousness is measured by pure teaching. He says in our text, whoever relaxes, that's an interesting word, whoever relaxes one of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So pastors are commanded to have righteous
1: teaching. Their teaching must have in their source God
0: himself grounded in God's word alone. Our teaching must be pure. The church's teaching must be pure. And for you individually, your works must be holier. You must be fully obedient. As Jesus says later on in the sermon, you therefore must be perfect, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Righteousness is determined by God, and Jesus is God. So to know what righteousness is, we need to listen to Jesus. And for some strange reason in our day and age, we think Jesus is very lenient. He's the hippie Jesus, the surfer Jesus. He doesn't teach the law. He's the live and let live guy, however, if you actually listen to Jesus' words, In in this sermon and elsewhere, we learn that he is not this guy. It's not the case that he just does away with the law. Our Lord simply doesn't just have a strict interpretation of the law. He has one true pure sense of the law. He teaches us that when God commands us not to murder, he does not simply just mean not to kill anybody. But he also teaches us that if we have hatred in our heart towards our brother, we are liable to that same judgment as if we did murder. In fact, he says, whoever is angry with his brother is liable to that same judgment. You see, when God gave those commandments to Moses, he didn't simply just intend to govern the outer works of the people. What it looks on on the outside He was revealing to them how they should be also on the inside, in their hearts. And so Jesus often criticizes the scribes and the Pharisees for their backward teaching on the law. Listen to what Jesus says here. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you are clean on the outside. You clean the cup and the plate but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees! First clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Later on, he also compares them to whitewashed tombs. The tombs, very clean on the outside, but still rotten corpse on the inside. Jesus is interested in the judgment of God not men because God is the one who determines righteousness and God looks at the heart and Jesus teaches us for you to be righteous you must also be righteous on the inside so Jesus doesn't only say that you are a murderer if you are angry with your brother he says that If anyone looks on a woman with lust in his heart, has committed adultery already. Everyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. These are Jesus' words. Jesus teaches that we ought not retaliate against those who hurt us, and to love and pray for those who are our enemies, and we are to give to the needy in secret, so that our reward is only from God. So if you want to be righteous and have righteousness that exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you must obey the commandments in the fullest, not simply in action, but in thought and word. that of the scribes and Pharisees. It might be easy to criticize the the scribes and Pharisees, because Jesus does it so often. But is your righteousness greater than theirs? Does your righteousness match God's law? Do you try to help your brother or those in need at every opportunity? Do you pray for those who harm you? Perhaps You have never physically committed fornication or adultery, but have you lusted after a man or a woman who was not your spouse? Have you held a grudge? Have you coveted that which is not yours? Have you been lazy or dishonest? Have you loved God with your whole heart and diligently listened to His word? Lest your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. I certainly hope you are all honest with yourselves here this morning. To see that you are not righteous, I am not righteous. Our righteousness falls well below God's holy mark. By your own works, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Rather, you are, and we are all doomed, to hell in our own righteousness. Yet let me read you something very interesting. Later on in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus later says to the chief priests, these religious leaders, these elders, in chapter 21, he says this, Truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came into the way of righteousness, and you
1: did not believe them, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes did believe them. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe. your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees to enter the kingdom of God. How on earth do the tax collectors and the sexually immoral enter the of God before these scribes and Pharisees? Yeah. It is because they believe John the Baptist's words. And if you believe John the Baptist, you believe Jesus.
0: by doing and fulfilling all of God's commands, the you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Jesus fulfilled the entire will of God. Listen to what he says in our text. I have not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them, and to fulfill the will of God, Christ, was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, as our, the prophet Isaiah says. He says also, By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make men to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. According to the pure teaching of the law of righteousness, then, our righteousness does not exceed anything except the requirements to go to hell. Yet, Jesus tells us even the thieving tax collectors and the prostitutes enter the kingdom of heaven because they believed in the gospel, the words of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Is Jesus contradicting himself here. He is not. You do need a righteousness that exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees to enter the kingdom of God. And there is a righteousness that is greater. Jesus' own righteousness. And the only way you receive that righteousness is a gift through faith in Christ. Christ fulfilled all righteousness. When he was baptized in the Jordan, he joined himself to sinners like you and I, to all sinners. And fought against he fought against the temptation for us in the wilderness. He defeated Satan for you. Christ righteousness It's in full conformity with the will of God, and it lacks nothing. And it is through this righteousness, not yours, but Christ's, that you are and that you will enter into life everlasting. Yet this righteousness becomes your own through faith, not through any other means, but through faith. Listen to what St. Paul says. He beautifully illustrates this point for us. He says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. You are saved and given citizenship in God's kingdom through faith in Jesus, and you are set free to serve Him. Now does that mean that we can now disregard our Savior's instruction? On murder, on adultery, holding grudges, and all the rest. Does that mean we just get rid of the law? What is our relationship now with the law? Should we sin that grace may abound? Paul says, by no means. Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, that we were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, by him. In our baptism, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This passage is not speaking of the resurrection of the dead on the last day, though that is a certain reality. Paul here speaks of the Christian's daily renewal by the power of the Holy Spirit that he's given you in your baptism. To die to your sin every day. Through repentance and contrition, you place your sins and your sinful desires in Christ's tomb, and you rise to new life. We daily live in that baptismal grace. We live in that new life of Christ as St. Paul in Galatians says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. Through faith in Christ Jesus, Jesus lives in you, working righteousness in you through the power of the Spirit. So Jesus teaches that the outward works do not make a person righteous. Cleaning the outside of the tomb doesn't remove that corpse on the inside, rather Through baptism, Christ makes us clean on the inside. It is through his washing, his cleansing, that makes us clean. And then he produces those good works, a righteousness in you, that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Because it is Jesus' righteousness. The greater righteousness, because it is through faith in Jesus. Righteousness that serves your neighbor even when he hates you. Righteousness that confesses the truth in all circumstances because of the power of the Spirit working in you. Righteousness that shows forth in every preacher and teacher when the pure gospel is preached. The righteousness done by you through faith does not save you. Rather, it is the fruit of Of Christ's righteousness given to you as a gift. So do not trust in your works, but trust in Christ's work for you. So that when you can't see your righteousness, when your sinful thoughts and desires convict you and accuse you, you can throw your sins, your unrighteous desires, yes, your entire old man, your old Adam, into Christ's tomb. your baptism and rise rise into that new life that paul talks about trusting not in your works but in christ's works the completed work of christ for Christ's righteousness cannot fail to exceed all requirements his righteousness is the only way to salvation He gives it to all of you as a gift. Amen. Please rise for the lesson. Now may the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep and guard your hearts in Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Remain standing for the prayer of the church. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, whose perfect righteousness covers our sin and whose innocent suffering and death frees us from the prison of everlasting death. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have purchased us from the power of sin, death, and the devil through the waters of holy baptism and made us your children. Grant that we may count ourselves as dead to sin And alive to you in Christ Jesus, serving our neighbors in love and looking for the resurrection that is is ours in your Son. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you gave the law that we might know your will and live as your holy people. Increase in us true fear, love, and trust in your saving word and your holy name, that we may have no other gods but you. Guide and bless all fathers and mothers, pastors and teachers, as they bring up children in the discipline and knowledge of the truth. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Lord, we pray that you would uphold our president, our governor, our legislatures and judges, our local leaders, and all who serve in our armed forces. Grant peace graciously, O Lord, in our time, for there is no other who fights for us but you. You only, O Lord, our God. Lord, in your mercy. mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray for all who are in danger, poverty, sickness, necessity, and temptation. Care also for all who are persecuted for the sake of your holy name. Comfort them with your Spirit, that in all of this they may recognize your fatherly will and finally be rescued in your grace. Lord and your mercy. Here. Lord God, you desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that he would turn from his evil way and live. We flee to your mercy in Christ Jesus. Grant that we may ever believe and never waver. Lord and your mercy. Here. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we confess that we are poor, miserable sinners, with no good in us, our hearts and our flesh and blood are so corrupted by sin that we are never in this life without sinful desires. Therefore, we implore you, forgive us our sins. Let your Holy Spirit so cleanse our hearts that we may love your word, abide by it, and by your grace be saved forever. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. forever and ever. ever.